Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. On the subject how can I say thanks? How can I say thanks? Don't you never tell them how can I say thanks? You all agree with me that ignorance is costly. I've heard people say that what you don't know cannot kill you. But after living long enough, I have concluded that what you don't know will kill you. Areas where you're ignorant, your life is in danger. When you're illiterate, when you're not a technocrat, you miss out on opportunities that require a skill set. It's important for you to be knowledgeable and it's important for you to get to know some things. Somebody shout some things. You know, a few weeks ago, I had a, re- uh, a conversation with someone and when they discovered I was a pastor, this person asked me, can you help me get a job? And so I told her, so what kind of a job do you want? And the person said, anything. I said, did you hear my question? Did you understand my question? I said, what kind of a job are you looking for? And she said, anything. And I was a bit sad because how do I pray? Lord, bless this person. (laughs) With anything. And because I know God answers prayer, you give the person anything. And anything can also mean nothing. So that is a sad reality that we have in the world today, that many people are ignorant and many people are not trained, many people are not specific about what they really want. So ignorance, ladies and gentlemen, makes you do anything and desire anything. When it comes to thanksgiving, we have been admonished to be thankful countless times. When you're growing up, if you're like my parents, I remember you were told the way I remember I was told. So I'm assuming that your parents did the same. That every time somebody gives you something, you're supposed to do what? To say thank you. I have noted those who are quiet. Every time somebody did something for you, you were expected to respond by saying thank you. We were taught this by our parents. We were taught this in school by our teachers. We were taught this by our elders, that we need to always be thankful when something is given or done for us. The Bible, too, admonishes us to be thankful. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 107, verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks 
unto the Lord. For he is good. And for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 107 verse 8 says, Oh, that man will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So you can see in these two verses, the first verse admonishes us to be thankful because God is good. Look at your neighbor and tell them God is good. Even when we are not good, God is good. Even when we face bad times, God is good. Even when we go through potholes and rough patches in life, God still remains to be a good God. One more time, touch your neighbor and tell them, God is good. And his mercies, the Bible says, endures forever. And verse 8 of the same chapter is very specific. Who are these people who are supposed to be thankful? It is you and I. All that men will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. We are thanking God for his goodness. We are not thanking God because of our goodness. We are not thanking God because we have good times. We are thanking God that even in our bad times, God is still good. Even in our difficult times, God is still good. Because your circumstances don't describe who God is. What you are going through does not dictate the nature of God. God remains to be good in good times and in bad times. When you are on the mountain and when you are in the valley, when you are happy and when you are sad, God is still good. Hallelujah. Even when you didn't travel in December, God is still good. Even if you don't have a Christmas dress or shoes, God is still good. Look at your neighbor and tell them God is still good. And Psalms 92 verse 1, the Bible says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Every time you position yourself to thank God, the Bible says it's a good thing. So that means murmuring, complaining, and exercising your gripe muscle, it is not a good thing in the sight of God. When you begin to complain, when you begin to murmur, when you utter words of um, words that are full of complaints and murmuring, I want you to know that is not a good thing in the sight of God. If you want God to be attracted to your life, if you want heaven to be attracted to you, you must fill your mouth with thanksgiving. Even when things are tough, I want you to know that it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Even when you wake up in the morning and there is no electricity and you have to take a cold shower, you have to still thank God because God is a good God and it is good to give thanks unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. So to have the attitude of gratitude is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. It is a gesture that is welcomed in heaven because God is attracted to people 
who are full of thanksgiving. So we've had a lot of admonitions concerning thanksgiving, but many of us don't know how to be thankful to God. And that is the reason why I want to teach you this morning on how can I give thanks? How can I be thankful? Because some of us think we know it, but we are just at the shallow end. Tell your neighbor, it's very deep. And so tonight, we wanna, to, uh, this, this morning, we're going to delve deeper in this chapter so we understand how we can be able to give thanks unto the Lord. So I have six points to give to you, basing on your response. If you don't respond very well to my message, I will only give you two points. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, please behave in this service. If you don't behave, we'll only be given two points. How many want the six points? Will you behave? Will you receive the word? Will you respond to the preaching? Beautiful. I have noted those who are quiet. So how can I give thanks? Number one, by recognizing the indescribable gift. By recognizing the indescribable gift. We had a unique Christmas cantata here, and it was amazing. I mean, if you are not here, you missed big time. It was amazing. Oh, man, I was so blessed. I'm still having a hangover of that event. It was amazing. And I remember we had challenged everyone to come with a gift so that we can give each other a gift. And we had this session where we, are, we were allowed to go in our small groups so that we can unwrap the gifts. And I started hearing people shouting, yes. you know, and all of a sudden there was a lot of joy, you know, in the room. Now, for those who are not here, you might not understand what I'm saying. But there was a lot of shouting, there was a lot of joy, and people were very happy, you know, to receive the gift that their brother or their sister you know, had brought to them. You see, it was not in the amount. It was in the gesture. Talk to me, somebody. Yeah, it, it, it was not how big or small the gift was. It was just the gesture of somebody thinking about you, you know, and bringing you a gift. I mean, that, that was amazing. So, as I said, it was not the amount. It was not the size. It was the gesture. Praise the Lord. For somebody to think about you is such a blessing. To bring you a gift, it is such a blessing. And the gift was brought without, you know, evil intentions. There was no strings attached to the gift. I hope so. I pray so. I believe. This side is very quiet. Can I move this pulpit to this? It's like they sent Benedict on this side. Touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you don't behave, we shall only be given two points. So it was a, it was a lovely moment. It was an awesome moment 
you know, to receive a gift. But this is what I want you to understand, that a gift is not just limited to material possession. A gift can also be a person. I told you today is very deep. I say a gift can also be a person. So touch your neighbor and tell them you're just seated next to a very priceless gift. Oh yes. A gift is a person. For example, a wife is a gift to her husband. True or not true? And a husband is a precious gift to the wife. <laughs> when a husband and wife recognizes this very important fact, they will always receive each other as gifts that God has given to them to enjoy. Parents are a gift to their children. I mean, the other day it just dawned on me that if my mother was stubborn and told my father no, the way some of you ladies are very stubborn, if my mother behaved like some of you ladies, I could not have been born. You think playing hard to get is a badge of honor. <laughs> anyway, let's continue with, <clears throat> with this message because some of you are looking at me badly. Have you ever thought of something like that? If your mother was stubborn, my father is reaching out to her, she says no. Reach out to her again, she says no. Reach out to her and then she says no. Then my father gives up. I will not be here preaching to you. So my parents are a gift. My mother is a gift. I thank God she was not stubborn. And she did not reject my father. Thinking that my father didn't have anything to offer. The way some of these daughters of man behave. Somebody say Riswa. <laughs> So parents are a gift to their children because they become the door that God uses to bring their children into this world. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Members are a gift to the church. And I can go on and on and on. A pastor is a gift to the church. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I can go on and on and on. So tell your neighbor one more time, you're looking at a gift. Yes. These are gifts to this church. All of you are a gift to me. Oh yes, that's why I love you so much. I have noted the ones who didn't say I, I love you too. I have noted you. I am noting people this morning. Let me say that again. I love you so much. Because you are a gift to me. You are a gift to this church. 
Wow. I say I love you so much. Oh, I can see now they have started behaving. <laughs> now it is to five. We have gotten to five. So when you recognize, you know, that a gift is not just material things, but it's a person, it makes you thankful. And remember, we are talking about the indescribable gift. Which is this indescribable gift? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, where the Bible says, I can just read it, thanks be to God for he, sorry, for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Which gift is this? This is Jesus. Jesus is the indescribable gift. The gift that we see in this verse is not money. is not material stuff. The gift that we see in this verse is a person. This person is Jesus. So Jesus is beyond words or human ability to fully comprehend the magnitude of this ministry to the world or of his ministry rather to the world. Let me rephrase that. Jesus is beyond words or human ability to fully comprehend the magnitude of his ministry to the world. We cannot fully grasp or understand the impact, the magnitude of the ministry of Jesus in the world. That's why the Bible says that he is the indescribable gift. Our diction, our language cannot fully capture who Jesus is. Our language is limited. Our English is limited. Our Swahili is limited. Our mother tongue is limited. To really capture what Jesus represents as far as our redemption is concerned. He is indescribable. He is uncontainable. He is undefinable. He is inconceivable. Jesus is incomprehensible. That is who our Lord is. And when we recognize the gift, the indescribable gift that has been given to us to trigger the joy that we have, to free us from condemnation and sin, to plug us into God's plan and purpose for the human race, it makes us thankful. So even if you don't have any other reason to thank God for, think about this indescribable gift. And it will make you thankful. You will begin to thank God. Because without Jesus, you are separated from God. Without Jesus, you didn't even have the confidence to stand before him. To worship him. Without Jesus, you could not have been in this church this morning. Joyful and happy. Right now, you'll be nursing a hangover. Yeah. Without Jesus, some of you right now, you'll be crying. In your house. Because somebody has broken your heart. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Without Jesus, some of you young men, you'll be receiving a text right now. 
and the text will be saying, you are a father. Oh, you don't want me to preach this morning. Jesus has saved us from heartache, from confusion, from making wrong decisions. Some of us, if it was not Jesus, you'd be admitted today. Yeah? Your life will be hanging in the balance because of where you went, of what you drank, of what you smoked, until you blacked out and you found yourself in the hospital. I remember I was having a conversation with someone and he told me, the reason why, I asked him, why did you stop drinking? Because when I tried to preach to him, he told me, look, I am not in church, but I don't drink. So I say, why don't you get saved? He say, I, I'm, 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 I'm almost there. But one thing I want you to know, Pastor, I don't drink. So he thought by telling me that, he would really impress me. So I asked him, why, why did you stop drinking? He told me, one time I went to drink And I remember where I was while I was drinking. And then I blacked out. The next thing, when I came back to my senses, I was in Nairobi Hospital. So that is what made me stop drinking. So some of you, if it was not Jesus, you could have had the same experience. True or not true? That's why he is an indescribable gift. We can't really fathom the depth, the breadth, and the height of his ministry to the human race. He is an amazing God. He is an amazing Savior. Praise the Lord. There's someone who sang a song. Let me try and sing. Today I feel like singing. Indescribable, uncontainable. You bless the stars in the sky and you know them. By name, you are amazing, God. You know the song? Let's sing together. Oh, powerful, untamable, all struck, we fall to our knees as we humble, proclaim, you are amazing, God. We try it one more time. Indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing God. Is your neighbor singing? Let's go. All powerful. Awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing God. Can we sing it one more time? Let's go. In this, sing. By the way, is your neighbor singing? All powerful, untamable, 
our strength we fall to and knees as we humbly proclaim you are amazing God. wow that should make you thankful when you receive him as this indescribable gift it makes you thankful amen Jesus is more precious than anybody in this room. Jesus is more precious than even your children. When you receive him as a gift that God has gifted the world with, it makes you thankful. Praise the Lord. Number two, how can I say thanks? Is by remembrance how do you say things? Is by remembrance. You see, forgetting good things anyone has done for you makes you ungrateful. Every time you forget what someone has done for you, you become ungrateful. When children forget what their parents have done for them, they become ungrateful. Many children don't know the sacrifices their parents make. The things the parents skip to give them a comfortable life. They don't know. They don't know how their parents sacrifice to take them to school. They pay for transport, pay for their meals in school, buy their school uniforms. They don't know. And because of that, many of them are very ungrateful to their parents. Every time you forget the good things that have been done for you, you become ungrateful. That's why rebels become rebellious because they forget the good things that have been done for them. Disloyal people, they always forget how this person has been good to them, prayed for them, stood with them, provided for them, covered them, was there for them in their difficult moment, difficult time, and they forget all those good things and they become rebellious. Children can even be rebellious to their parents. And they can even say, I hate you. You are not my father. You are not my mother. I can't wait to get out of this house so that I can go and be on my own. Very ungrateful brats. Murmuring and complaining. Because they, they, they don't understand. They don't understand. There's somebody who said something that was very powerful. That when I was young, I used to think I'm wiser than my parents. When I grew old, I discovered that my parents were wiser than me. So you can be ungrateful because you can't remember. You can't remember. Sometimes maybe if you want to forget what your parents have done to you. Just go to the maternity ward and see what women go through to give birth. Then just imagine what you took your mother through. And maybe you can ask her, how many hours did you labor? For some of you, you made your mother labor for 24 hours. She sang all the songs in the world. Walking on fours, rolling. The things you took her through she hated, she hated, 
she hated the she hated the smell of onions because of you her life was in danger but she kept you the doctors even say terminate this pregnancy she said no i will fight until the end you know she cannot tell you all those things you cannot even remember when you are uh, when you are rebellious you can't remember all these things so every time we forget you know some of the good things that have been done for us we become rebellious people who rebel even in a church they forget how the church has been good to them how the church has blessed them how the church has stood with them during difficult moments you know they forget all that and they dare live and speak evil against the church saying the church is no longer the church that they used to know. It's the same church. Nothing has changed. It is you who has changed. Tell your neighbor, it's the same church. Nothing has changed. Yeah. The preaching is the same. The word is the same. The Bible is the same. They're not using another Bible. Yeah. The worship is about Jesus. The worship is about God. It is you who has changed. You have forgotten. Yeah. That's why you are not thankful. You are not thankful anymore. And children who forget will always be rebellious. Tell your neighbor, don't be forgetful. Mm-hmm. That's why I sat down and I went back and I asked myself, who are these people who have contributed to my journey in ministry? And I said, I will never forget. I will never forget. And another pastor is coming this year. This one, I stayed in his house when I was going through transitions in my life in ministry. I stayed with him my house. He gave me a room. And that's where I was staying. That's where, that's where I was praying from. and gave me an opportunity to serve God. He gave, in a, gave me an opportunity. Through him I met another missionary who gave me an opportunity to serve and to teach in a Bible. So I can never forget those people. That's why I have put their pictures in the office. Because I always want to remember what they have done for me in my life. And I don't want to burn any bridge and I want them to become part of my life because I still need them. There is a reason why God connected me to them. Even though I, 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 am, I, am, I am independent from what they are doing, but they, I still need them in my life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. I still need them, and I will still honor them. Yes, I will honor them greatly. Even this December, I honored them greatly. Greatly. Because I don't want to forget they were not there when I was going through a transition. Maybe I could not have been here today. Yeah. Maybe I'll be on Krinyaga Road selling spare parts. It is true. I'm telling you. So when, when, you, when you forget, when you forget some of the good things that have been done to you, you become very rebellious and you think you are your own man. Tell your neighbor, you are not your own man. You know, there are people who just say, you know me, I just happened. Hmm. I just happened. Nobody helped me. Nobody supported me. I am self-made. Self-contained. I just happened. I'm the best thing that ever happened on the face of the earth. Somebody shout, liar. Everybody here, God provided stifles for you. You know what stifles are? When the building is being built, there are sticks that they put into the building to hold the concrete together. You, you, you see those sticks? Sometimes they look very ugly, but those sticks are very important. Without those sticks, the building cannot go up. 
So the building can be glamorous, it can be beautiful, but thank God for the stifles. Because they, were, they came into that building at the foundation level where the building was being put up and they held the concrete together. So you see the final product, but you don't see the process that led to the final product. How, can, how dare you forget the process? You have to always do what? Remember. People who don't remember have short memory. And they become dissatisfied. They become complainers. Chronic complainers. They don't see anything good that they need to thank God for. They don't see anything good that they need to thank people for. And the only thing that comes out of their mouth is grumbling and complaining. Tell your neighbor, changing my attitude. Oh, they didn't hear what you say. Tell them again, I ch I'm changing my, my attitude. So the same way people forget about humans who have stood with them is the same way we forget about God. We don't remember the good things that he has done in our lives. Because sometimes when you wait for a breakthrough, for victory, for elevation, whatever it is that you are looking for from God, and it doesn't happen on schedule, you give up. And when you give up, you forget the good things that God has done in your life in the past. And you start doubting God. Before long, you start complaining. You become a grumbler. Oh God, I've been waiting for you. Nothing has happened. Oh God, I am leaving. I am going. Because I have prayed, I have fasted, I have tithed, I have given. And people love pulling that line, I have tithed. Look, it's the last Sunday. So I must say it like I feel it. Lord, from January I have been tithing. February I have been tithing. March I have been tithing. April I have tithed. Uh, May, June, July, August, September, October. November. This is December, Lord. Lord, are you there? This is December. 31st December. We have few hours before this year is over. Lord, remember my tithe. Remember my offerings. And sometimes when it takes long, we forget that from January to December, there are other things that God has done. Oh, yes. Yes. And one of them is, you are still alive. Yeah, even this morning, I saw an accident, a very bad accident, along Nakuru and Eldoret, and some people have died. Yes, today, in the morning, I saw it in the news. And you, you are here. And you dare flash that tithe card in the eyes of God. And you start complaining and grumbling and stuff like that. So when we forget how God has been good and how God has been gracious to us, we become chronic grumblers. The Israelites as well, when they forgot about what God had done in their lives, they started complaining. Let's go to Psalms chapter 78, verse 10 to 17. As you're turning there, shout and say, I shall not forget. These are the children of Israel, and this is what the Bible says, they did not keep the covenant of God and they refused to walk in his law. Next verse. And forgot. Somebody shout forgot. And forgot his works. The things that God had done. And his wonders that he had shown them. They forgot. 
And the Bible begins to mention some of the things that God did, marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. Next verse. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. And he met, and he made the waters stand up like a heap. Mm-hmm. In the daytime also, he led them into the cloud and all the night with a light of fire. All those are spectacular things that we don't even see today happening. In the daytime. And then he split the rocks in the wilderness. Wow. And gave them drink in abundance like the depth. You see, the way you go to the tap and you turn it and water flows out. God was splitting rocks in the wilderness and water was gushing out. Just think with, think with me for a minute. A rock. God splits the rock and water comes out of it. That is miraculous. That is supernatural. If you think it's easy, take a hammer. Go and split a rock. Let's see if water will come out of that rock. Next verse, verse 16. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Wow. Verse 17. But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. They forgot all these things that God did. Allowing water to come out of the rock. Guiding them with the light at night. This is supernatural light. Because those days they didn't have electricity. So at night they could be able to see. And during the day they were covered with a cloud. So that they are shielded from the sun. And they forgot all these works. No wonder they rebelled against him. They were never thankful. If you continue reading that verse, it's a very sad scenario. They forgot. They didn't remember. Every time you forgot, you forget rather what has been done for you, you become a complainer. You begin to complain. You begin to grumble because you are not grateful of the things that have been done for you. So I pray that we shall not forget the good things that have been done for us. Hallelujah. Look, even if we are that wicked to you, huh? I don't think we are 100% wicked. Why don't you remember the 10% or the 50%? Why are you very quiet? Because sometimes we make people look very bad. As if they have never done anything. Isn't it? I don't think everybody is 100% wicked. Why don't you remember the 10% or the 5% or the 50%? Even if there is 1%, just remember it and be thankful to God. And it's a blessing. Praise the Lord. I mean, when you look at this story, they, it's like when you go down there, let me just, I didn't want to go down there, but they made God look so wicked. Look at us. And they tested God. Look at that. They tested God in their heart. By asking for the food of their fancy. They say, thank you, you have given us water. Thank you, you have sent um, manna away. Thank you, but we are not interested with that. We want pizza. Yeah, you are giving us what we don't want. We are not interested with this manna manna stuff you've been sending down from heaven and the water only. We want pizza and we want Coca-Cola and we want juices. We want things that we like. God, don't you know that we also have things that we like? Is the attitude of the children we have right now. You cook Ugali, they say, I don't want to eat. 
You cook kunde, they say, no, I, 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 I'm not a cow. <laughs> what do you want? I want chips. Ungrateful children. Spoiled brats. And we have spiritual spoiled brats in the house of God. When God gives them things, they, you don't want me to preach this morning. They don't want the things that God is giving them. They want their own things. Thank you for this breakthrough. But this is not the breakthrough I wanted. I want this kind of breakthrough. Lord, I've been praying for a husband. Why do you bring me short men always? I don't want short men because for me size is very important <laughs> spoiled brats testing God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy don't give us manna don't give us water don't give us what you are bringing angels food we don't want it Testing God. Yes. Look at verse 19. They spoke against God. They said, God, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Excuse me? But what have you been eating? Was that not a table that was prepared for you in the wilderness? Look at the question they're asking. God. Please, I'm reading the scripture. Some of you think I'm concocting my own things. They said, can God prepare a table? In the wilderness. Can God allow us to have a five course meal. In the, in the wilderness. It's like he only provides water and manna. There is no ice cream. And the way it is hot. My flavor is vanilla. Another one says my flavor is chocolate. Another one says my flavor is strawberry. Slap your neighbor and tell them don't be a spoiled brat. Verse 20. Should we continue or should we go to point number 3? So we have to always remember. Look. Behold. He struck the rock so that the waters gushed out. And the streams overflowed. Look. They are even saying what God did. He struck the rock so that the waters gushed out. And the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? We want Nyamachoma. And Chapati. <laughs> Are you seeing we have spoiled brats in the house of God? It's what they want. Not what God wants to provide for them. And so we must always remember all the good things Give us the next verse. All the good things that God has done for us. Therefore the Lord had this and he was furious. He was mad. Because he saw I'm dealing with people who are not grateful at all. They don't recognize my provision in their lives. You see everything that God gives you. He knows you need it. Even if you don't want it. 
God will not always give you what you want. He will give you what you need. Because most of the time, what you want is not in alignment to his will. If God was to answer all our prayers, there would be chaos in the world. Because some of you are even praying for somebody's husband to die. That you may marry him. Yeah. If your neighbor is looking down, tell them, look at the preacher. The preacher is preaching. God will not answer every prayer that we make because our hearts are evil. Our, the Bible says the heart of a man is desperately wicked. And you can see these people, it was not hunger that was driving him to this, driving them to this point. It was lust. Because they were full. And after they were full, now they started asking, what else can we have? God was furious. And so a fire was kindled against Jacob. And anger also came upon against Israel. God decided, I'm killing these people. Verse 22. Because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Verse 23. Yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. Look at that. Who doesn't want this? The doors of heaven to be opened above your head. He had opened the doors of heaven. Next verse. He had rained down manna on them to eat and given them of the bread of heaven. Who doesn't want to eat bread from heaven? So they were tired of the bread from heaven. They wanted another bread. Pizza. Give us pizza. <laughs> Give us ugali from the portion meal, isn't it? Smocha. Next verse. We have to move. Men ate. Look at that. These guys had first class meals. Men ate angels' food. And he sent them food to the food. They ate until they started belching. But they were still not satisfied. May we remember. Tell your neighbor, may we remember. Every time you remember, you'll always be thankful. Remember how the church has been blessed, have been a blessing to you, you'll always be thankful. It's through the church you got a wife. It's through the church you got a job. Always be thankful. Remember when you came to the church how broken you were. Oh yes, you didn't have in front and behind. That is direct translation from Swahili, isn't it? And look at you right now. You can afford a smile. God has blessed you so. How dare you forget? How dare you say that that church is not good anymore? How dare you say that that church is a devil worshiper church? How dare you say that they are worshiping Illuminati? It's because you have forgotten. You have forgotten. And I pray that you will never forget. Look at your neighbor telling your neighbor, you, 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 you. When you start misbehaving, I will remind you. I will remind you. I will remind you that you have forgotten. Hallelujah. May children never forget. 
what their parents have done. And may you never forget what God has done in your life. You might not be where you want to be, but you are not where you used to be. God has been good. God has been Jehovah Jireh. God has been your protector. He has been the lifter of your head. Look at where you are right now. It's because of the mercies and the grace of God at work in your life. I wish I had two, three people who can give God some praise for his goodness, for his mercies, for his provision upon your life. Number three. How can I say thanks? Is by singing praises unto the Lord. How can I say thanks is by singing praises unto the Lord. Songs are a medium of communication. And that's why you hear sometimes a song has been burned. Because the message that the song is communicating is in conflict with the government of the day. Songs convey different messages. We have patriotic songs, songs that praise a country. We used to sing those songs. These days we don't sing for the president the way we used to sing. You know, Moi was everything. Moi was the headmaster number one, teacher number one, farmer number one, politician number one, lawyer number one. Hey, he was everything. Tawala Kenya, Tawala. People are judging me. Let me stop singing. Those are patriotic songs. You guys don't know our national anthem. I'm I'm watching. St. Benedict's have woken up. Last verse. <laughs> Philip. And Miko Pamo Kila Siku Tue Nashukra Ni. You guys are doing very well. Oh God of all creation.
Next verse. <laughs> I knew where to catch you. <laughs> eh, you only know one verse in English. So we have patriotic songs, songs that, you know, praise the country. We have songs of resistance. Hmm? If you watch the movie Sarafina, they were singing songs of resistance. You know, freedom is coming tomorrow, isn't it? I think the one who wrote this play, I think, passed on. Yeah, songs of resistance, you know. Then we have songs to intimidate your opponent. You remember those songs when you were in school? Yeah. One time I was watching a rugby. Hey, scary. The way they sing and play and they are hitting their... Hey, and changing their faces it can really intimidate you. You know? And then we have love songs. This one is huge. Love songs rule the airwaves. Yeah, I think 90% of the songs that are played on our radio stations are love songs. True or not true? Like which one? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're pretending you don't know. Uh-huh. Let's just continue with the message then. So we should also use our voices. Somebody say our voices. To utter words in musical tones and with musical inflections and modulations that convey thanksgiving to God. We should use our voices to sing songs that will convey thanksgiving to our God. The thing about singing is God has given us different vocal ranges. Some can sing soprano, some can sing alto, some can sing tenor, some can sing baritone, and some can sing bass. And all this is to bring, you know, flavor into singing. Variety is the spice of life. So when all these voices are brought together in a harmonious melody, full of thanksgiving, it is very acceptable before God. You know, there are people... Who are prison singers? Can I tell you who prison singers are? Prison singers are those who are always behind a few bars and always looking for the right key. Okay, it was supposed to be a joke. Only two people laughed. Look at your neighbor, ask them, are we that slow or what? You might not be able to sing like a canary. A canary is a singing bird. But still, it doesn't exempt you from singing praises to God. Whichever voice you use, God will accept it when you convey with your voice thanksgiving unto him. It doesn't have to be glamorous. It doesn't have to be professional or on a professional scale. It must make sense in offering thanksgiving unto God. Let's look at Psalms chapter 28 and verse 7. Psalms chapter 28 verse 7. This is very encouraging. All of us can sing to the Lord. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices and with my song 
Look at your neighbor and tell them I have a song. And with my song, I will praise him. And with my song, I will praise him. So sometimes you can even compose your song of thanksgiving and raise it up to God. God will accept it. Hallelujah. You might be behind bars and you might be looking for the key, but God will accept it. So long as it is making sense and God will receive it. Praise the Lord. So it is important for you to learn how to sing. Prepare your voice to sing all the time. Sing a song of thanksgiving to God. When you are taking a shower, sing. Hallelujah. When you are alone and you are cooking in the kitchen, sing. When you are in the office and you have five minutes to spare, sing to the Lord. You can com com uh, compose a song of thanksgiving and offer it unto the Lord. He will accept it. Amen. Let's change the version to New Living Translation of the Bible to see what it says. The Lord, can we read together? The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Has the Lord helped you? Has the Lord provided for you? Has the Lord protected you? Has the Lord shielded you from the wiles of the enemy? Has the Lord been with you from January till December? Then you need to burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I want to challenge every member of this church to become musical. I want to challenge every member of this church to try and sing. Sing every day. Sing in your house. Sing in your car. Sing in your bedroom. Sing in your office. Sing something for heaven's sake. And just offer a song of thanksgiving unto the Lord. Burst out in songs of thanksgiving. You know, there are people who say, oh, my voice is bad. I'm croaking. Oh, my voice is not in the keyboard. My voice is in between keys. But you can just burst out in a song of thanksgiving. We might have a problem with it. But God doesn't have a problem with it. Because it's God who gave you that voice in the first place. Can I hear an amen? amen? Look at your neighbor and tell them you have to sing a song of thanksgiving to God. Hallelujah. You know, when it rains, sometimes I'm so amazed. When it rains, you can hear frogs singing. You can hear birds singing. And sometimes when you hear frogs singing, it's like it's a choir. There's bass, there's tenor, there's alto, there's soprano. And it's like, you know, they're answering to each other. As they are singing. It might be irritating to you. But it is pleasing. In the sight of Jehovah God. So if God is happy with the frogs. I'm sure he's very happy with you. I'm sure he's very happy with your voice. So touch your neighbor and tell them. Sing something to God. Yeah. It doesn't have to. You know. Have a time signature. You know. You just, just sing a thanksgiving song to the Lord. That is how you thank God. That is one of the ways you thank God. For being grateful, for, for being uh, good to you. That's how you become grateful to God for all the things that he has done in your life. Praise the Lord. And I want to add and say, buy an instrument. Every member of this church, you should have an instrument in your house. Why are you quiet? Did I say something bad? I encourage every member of this church to buy an instrument in your house. Praise the Lord. 
And CMG leaders, I want you to follow it and make sure that every member buys an instrument, even if it's a tambourine, buy it. Kayamba, buy it. Keyboard, buy it. A guitar, buy it. And put it in your house. And then once in a while, you know, grab that guitar and play. Hallelujah. It looks like a long shot to some of you. Play and raise up a song of thanksgiving unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And in fact, I was th- when I was just thinking about this, I was thinking maybe one of these Sundays, we should, we should, we should call it Instrument Sunday. That as much as we have the band, everybody should come with an instrument. So that during praise and worship, you're either playing a kayamba, you're playing a tambourine. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, talk to me, somebody. What do you think? Don't you think it would be wonderful? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We want everybody to become a singer. It's a lovely thing to lift up your voice and sing unto the Lord. Because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. In heaven, there will be no shopping. In heaven, we shall not go to the salon every Saturday. In heaven, we're not going to be traveling to go to the beach to swim. In heaven, the only thing we're going to be doing is singing. We shall be blessing God. Day in, day out. For eternity future. So start practicing. Clear your throat. Remove cobwebs from your throat. Some of us, we have a lot of cobwebs in our throat. Remove them, practice, and start singing so that you can offer a song of thanksgiving unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So tell your neighbor, clear your throat. Email. Is your neighbor singing? Huh? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I you. Let's hear this side alone. Oh, I can't hear you. Okay, let's try this. Let's show them how singing is done. Clear your throat. Three go. Hey, Pastor Mugo. This side we are afraid. So tell your neighbor, raise up a song of thanksgiving unto the Lord. Isn't it sad that we come to church as Christians. And when the lyrics are not on the screen, we refuse to sing. But we know Beyonce's songs 
of head. Diamond. Word by word. Who else? Saudi soul. But when we come to the house of God, we can't sing gospel songs. We depend heavily on lyrics on the screen. It's because Monday to Friday, those are not the songs we listen to. We listen to other songs. Coffee. Labriand. Sukus. <laughs> Orchestra Mabele. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I'm changing this year. I prophesy 2024, you will sing gospel songs. You'll be a worshiper of God. Shout your amen in this house. It's working. Number? Or we finish there? How can I say thanks? By offering a prayer of thanksgiving. Many times when we pray, we're just petitioning God. Oh God, give me this. Oh God, give me that. Oh God, give me this. Oh God, I want this. Oh God, you can see me. Oh God, help me. I want this job. I want this money. You know, oh God, give me this breakthrough. Open this door for me. So every time we come before God, most of the time, we are beggars. Asking God to do something. We've become chronic beggars in the sight of God. But a thanksgiving prayer is a prayer of gratitude. When is the last time you showed up in the presence of God? Not to ask for anything, but just to thank God. For 20 minutes, for 30 minutes, for an hour. Just thanking God. When is the last time you came before his presence without asking him for anything? But just recounting all the good things he has done. And just offering a prayer of thanksgiving to him. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So we have the prayer of thanksgiving. Where you come before God, not to ask God for anything. Not to pray that God may sink the ship of your enemy. Not to pray that God may capsize the boat of your enemy. But to just come and say, Lord, I'm thankful. I just came to say thank you. I just came to say thank you, Lord. That's all you came to do. I didn't come with my agenda. I didn't come because I want a breakthrough. I didn't come because I want money. I didn't come because I want a wife or a husband or children. I just came to say thank you. Lord, I came by just to say thank you. I passed by your throne just to say thank you. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that I'm blessed. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Lord, we are not getting along, but just thank you. <laughs> thank you for my children. Thank you for my job. I don't like my boss, but Lord, thank you. Thank you for 
My church, Lord, is far. But Lord, thank you. Today I'm not complaining, Lord. I just came to do what? To say? To say thank you. For 30 minutes you are thanking God. I think that day, some of you, even heaven will be shocked. So, wow. She has grown. He has grown spiritually. Because every time you show up, Michael calls Gabriel say, he has come. He is here. He has come with a long list. Father. Father God. If you are in heaven. And if I am your child. That's your prayer. Father, if you can hear me, Father. Father. You even change your prayer. Your accent changes. Oh my God. It's me, it's me again. I have entered the porticles of heaven. I'm now walking in the corridors of power in heaven. Interacting with celestial beings. To thee, I bring my requests. Father God. All the angels say he has come. Because they know when you show up, that's all you ask. When is the last time you just show up and say, today, Lord, I didn't come because I have a need. I didn't come because I want you to do anything for me. I came just to say, thank you. Wow. Thank you, Lord, that I'm here. Thank you that I'm blessed. Thank you, O oh Lord, for my children. One of them is some way, but Lord, thank you. At least I have a child. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my pastor. When is the last time you even thank God for your pastor? Huh? Yeah, most of you go to go to complain about your pastor. Father, did you really give him that message? Oh, Lord. So tell your neighbor, we are becoming thankful. Mm -hmm. That's why you see, you know, you know, I mean, practically, when we say, okay, it is time for us, you know, to deal with the devil. It's time for us to pull strongholds. It is time for us to wage war. And everybody turns their face. The voices go up there. Devil, we are not ignorant of your devices. I come against you with the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, with the word of God, with the shield of the spirit. I break your back, Satan. Okay. And everybody, their voices are there. Then we say, okay, let's now offer thanksgiving to God. Oh, I remember there is one demon. Hey. Hey. We are more conscious of Satan than we are of God. And people don't really become passionate about thanksgiving the way they are passionate about spiritual warfare. I think we should love God more than we hate the devil. 
But it's like we hate the devil more than we love God. It's true. If you want people in Kesha not to sleep, just do spiritual warfare the whole night. Now we are dealing with marine spirits. Oh yeah. I was waiting for that prayer point. We are going deep into the sea. Oh yes. Hey. They even start walking, going to the sea. We are going to Mombasa, Indian Ocean. Hey. Then when you say, let's go to heaven and thank God. Some even sleep. We need to offer a prayer of thanksgiving. Yes, loudly. Loudly. You're not ashamed to say, God, thank you for my wife. Why are you ashamed to say, God, thank you for my wife? Why are you, why are you ashamed? Lord, thank you for my church. Why are you ashamed? Thank you that I'm in this country called Kenya. It's a beautiful thing. A lot of Kenyans are complaining. I'm telling you, they are complaining. And they will never see anything good in this country. And they are here. This year, most of you have complained a lot. If I call for an altar call for grumblers, all of you should come and repent. You have complained a lot about this country. Oh, yes. I'm saying the truth about the president, about the government, about everything that is going on in this country. But every country gets the government that they deserve. And every country gets the government that they vote for. And if God wants somebody to be on that seat and it looks like he's losing, he will dispatch angels to vote. You're not understanding what I'm preaching. Because the will of God, the will of God must stand. Oh, yes. Saul was hiding, but God wanted him to be king. He was smoked out of the hole to become the king. We have complained about this country. We have complained about the president. We have complained as if you know better than him. If they put you there, you could have done better. And you can't even win an election in your school. Uh-oh. Even in your, in your own class, a class of 40 people, you are not elected. Out of the 10 candidates, you are the 10th. And you got one vote. Even your best friend didn't vote for you. It's time for us to be thankful. I am preaching to COT members. And I'm preaching to every man that is watching me. And listening, me to, listening to me today. It is time for 2024 for us to be thankful for our country Kenya. We should be thankful even to the president that God has given to us. We should be thankful to the government that has been given to us. We deserve to have this government. If you want to stone me, do it now. Because I'm about to unleash another statement. (laughs) 
<laughs> and if God wants you to continue for the 10 years, there is nothing you will do. You can receive my message or you can resist it. But I have put it out there. So what do we need to do? We need to be thankful. And say, God, this is what you have given us. We thank you. We will not be grumblers and complainers. We will be thankful. We may not agree with some things, but we will be thankful. Because this is what you thought we should have. We receive it with thanksgiving. Because we might become like the Israelites. God gave them something, but they wanted food for their fancy. You know, some of you have never been in a leadership position. So you think leadership is easy. It is not as easy as you think. Yeah. The other day I was telling somebody, I don't even desire to be a president of this country because this country has so many problems. How do you solve problems of 55 million people? One person. Unless you are a magician. You can't. So unless you become a leader, you might never understand. Me, I have a few members here, and so they're giving me problems. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. Yes, I have a few pastors. They're giving me a challenge. How about ruling an entire country? It's not as easy as you think. Because some of you think when you just sit on that seat, there will be magic. It's not true. It's a lie. You understand what I'm talking about? And every that will try to show you good things. Yes. Because if there is a person that can really destroy this country, is the president. That's why sometimes I understand him when he speaks, when he says, December, this thing will go down. He's giving you hope. If he says December, this thing will be up, we'll be finished. That's the language of a leader. Yes. I told you, before this year is over, the slab will be there. Is it not there? What do you want me to tell you? Do you want me to tell you, at the end of next year, the slab will not be there? That's not how leaders talk. Leaders are positive, And you might laugh. But, because they have said something, something has been released in the atmosphere. So let him prophesy. He's prophesying. Mm. Let him prophesy. And I am telling you, things will change. Let me also prophesy. Kenya will become better. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I am not joining people on social media who are saying, we are going down, we shall be destroyed, we shall regret. We will not regret. God is with us. We are praying. We are doing everything that we have to do. Kenya will be better. Even if you don't say amen because you belong to Azimio, that's your problem. Kenya will be better. Kenya will be stronger. Kenya will flourish. Kenya will be on the map. On an upward trajectory. Because there are prophets in the land. Let's be thankful. Tell your neighbor, let's be thankful. And I'm not campaigning for anyone. I'm preaching the word of God. Instead of us complaining and grumbling, let us be thankful. Hallelujah. 
And if God wants to remove him, we will still be thankful. Because God knows us. And he knows what is best for us. Glory to God. I feel resistance. At your own time, read 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 6 to 7. Number. Oh. How can I say thanks? Actually, I've given you a wrong scripture. It's Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 18. Now, number five, where I will give you 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, is by giving. Somebody say giving. How can I say thanks? I say thanks by giving. Your giving is a reflection of your gratitude. Stingy people are generally ungrateful. They don't recognize that what they have they have been given. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, the Bible says, Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up hmm? on behalf of one against the other. Because there was a problem in the church. People were saying, I belong to Paul. Another one was saying, I belong to Apollos. You know, there was strife. And Paul is trying to give advice to the church. Look at verse 7. For who makes you differ from one another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Everything you have, you have received. What do you have that you did not receive? What do you have that you did not receive? That car, you received it. That house, you received it. The children you have, you received them. The husband you have, you received him. The wife you have, you received her. What do you have? The church you have, you received it. It's God who gave it to you. What do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did not indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you have not received it? In other words, people had become proud thinking that it is their own strength or power that has given them what they have. But Paul is telling them, what you have, you have received. What you have been given, you have received. And because you have been given, when God demands that you give, you recognize that I received it, but I can also give it. You're very quiet. You recognize that I have received it, and I can also do what? I can, I, can, I can also give it. You see, the reason why you, are, you have received it is because God gave it. God became generous for you to have what you have. God became generous for you to be where you are. And so when you have that understanding that God gave this thing to me, I received it from God. So when he commands that I give, I'll give it. And as I give, I recognize that is a giver of all things. And that makes you thankful. Stingy people are not thankful. Because they think this thing is mine. It's mine. And they hold on to it. It is mine. I cannot let it go. It is mine. Even when God says give it. I, I, it is mine. This is my money. This is my house. This is, this is my job. This is, this is mine. 
and you don't recognize that whatever you have, you have also received it from God. So you don't become generous. You have a car, isn't it? Oh, you love your car. I saw a picture of somebody who bought his first car. Do you remember when you bought your first car? Huh? Do you remember when you bought your first car? You were so connected to that car, isn't it? You loved it. I was a picture I saw somebody bought his first car. He didn't sleep in the house. He slept outside with a rungu in his hand. He became a watchman. Oh, you have a nice car, isn't it? It's a lovely car. I'm asking you a question. If God was to ask for that car, will you give it? This side, why are you not responding to my question? I told you you should respond to my preaching. If God asks for that car, will you give it? Your silence is an answer. If God asks for that car, your first car, you have saved for five years. If God asks for that car, will you give it? Maybe this side will save the day. You have saved for 10 years. Finally, you buy the car. Ooh, metallic green. Ooh, all of a sudden, people have started respecting you. Ooh, then God says, give it away. Will you give it away? Will you give it away? Will you give it away with all your heart? Huh? Or you've just built your house. Then you call the pastor to come and cut the tape. While he's cutting the tape, the Spirit of God speaks to you and tells you, you shall not enter into the house. Give this house to so and so. I bind the voice of the devil in the name of Jesus. Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not ignorant of your devices. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, I condemn it right now in the name of Jesus. Therefore, I command you to shut up. Thou shalt not speak to God's servant. Then the voice keeps on coming. Unless you understand that what you have, you have received. You will never give it. I'm not trying to tell you that give your house, give your car, whatever. God will speak to you at your different levels. To show how thankful you are to the blessings that he has brought in your life. You know, when I gave my Mercedes to the church, it really affected my son. I had to sit down with him and explain to him what giving is. He kept on asking me, Dad, Mercedes. Dad. Are you serious, Dad? I'm like, son, what's, what's going on? Daddy class. I say, God has said, and it belongs to God. If God says it, he can have it. It's not mine. I'm just a steward. 
You know, there are people who give things they don't need. That God will never, he will never ask you what you don't need. He will ask you to give what you really need. To show how thankful you are to his blessings upon your life. Is, you see, when you give, sometimes it feels like you're taking five or ten steps backwards. But it's not true. You're actually positioning yourself to be promoted more. You are telling God that material blessings can never make me disobedient to your voice. Whatever you tell me, I will do. Oh, you're like Abraham. You've waited for this son for many years. You're growing old. Sarah Kamechapa. And because Sarah had chapad and he knew Abraham had not chapad, he told Abraham, Go into Hagar because Hagar has not chapad like me. And Hagar became pregnant. And Sarah thought that Ishmael will be the child of the promise. Sarah thought that's what's going to happen. And then God remembers Sarah. Theophany appears in Abraham's homestead. Two men. Abraham takes them, feeds them, refreshes them, and then they prophesy. This time next year, Sarah, you'll be having a son. And everybody's excited. There is a party and people are dancing. Oh, after three months, Sarah begins to manifest. Oh, Abraham is now happy. Wow. Sarah finally. <clears throat> then Isaac is born. Hmm. Then God comes. Abraham. I want Isaac. In the name of Jesus. Satan, I am not ignorant of your devices. I know how you speak. No. It was still God. You see, God knew if he asked for Ishmael. Because it could have been one of the ways of correcting his mistakes. Eliminating the wrong seed. That reminds him of a mistake he made. Everybody here who would like to correct our mistakes. Erase our past. That one, Abraham could not even have waited for God to finish the sentence. But he went for what? Talk to me, please. I told you if you don't talk to me. He went for who? For Isaac, his best. And Abraham takes Isaac because he knew this blessing should never make me become unthankful. Because in my own natural strength, there is no way I can have a baby with Sarah. And he takes Isaac. He didn't even tell his wife where he's going. Read the Bible. He didn't even tell her. Because he knew if he tells her, there will be drama in the house. Oh, you cannot. My son, the one I've waited for all these years. You want to take my son over my dead body. Abraham, you will know that I'm a woman and I have a womb. You will know my name is Sarai. I was born on this day. Abraham, yeah! Hey. <laughs> but Abraham wanted to obey God. 
took Abraham, took Isaac, and he was able to prove to God that he was thankful through generosity that even the Isaac that he had, it is God who gave him. And when you read, you know, in the New Testament, the Bible says he knew that God was also able to raise Isaac. Yes, from the dead. And give him many more children through Sarah. If you were Abraham, how will you have behaved? Some parents here, you have like three or four children, isn't it? If God was to demand one of them, you know which one you can give. You know, this one. <laughs> this one. <laughs> But this was the only one. It's through giving that we show thanksgiving to God. Praise the Lord. We tell God, thank you for how good he's been to us. Lastly, the last point, then we finish. How can I say thanks? How can I say thanks for you say thanks through your lifestyle. The way you live is also an offering of thanksgiving unto God. How you live demonstrates to God that you are thankful or not. Ephesians, I believe, chapter 4. Give me Ephesians chapter 4. I'm finishing. Go to verse 2. Go to chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm sorry, maybe it's chapter 5. Yes, from verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Verse 2. And walk in love. Hallelujah. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Tell your neighbor, I love you. Yes. Tell them one more time, I love you. See, the Bible says we should walk in love, isn't it? Yes. Love is not lust. Love is pure. Hallelujah. And love is not sex. Because many of us, when somebody tells you I love you, oh. <laughs> break it down, break it down, break it down. God is love and love is God. I think we should mature enough to understand what love is. Yeah, that you can tell somebody I love you and they don't feel nervous. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Yeah, that's why we just have to add the other thing with the love of Christ. Just to settle somebody. I love you with the love. But it's not necessary when people are mature and they understand what love is. Look, if you really love somebody, you cannot fornicate with them. Am I saying the truth? If it is genuine love, you cannot rep somebody's girl. If it's genuine love. But if it's lust, you can do it. Yeah. If, if it's the love of God, you can't sleep with somebody's wife. And because the person has traveled for two weeks and you are going to comfort the wife. Because you really love the wife. I mean, that's not love. 
Why you guys are very uncomfortable with my preaching today. But I'm saying the truth. Oh yes. Are we together? True love. The Bible says love is patient. You will wait until the time you are declared husband and wife. Sex is not love. Even in marriage, sex is not love. True. That's why if you treat your wife badly and you want to have sex with her, she will reject you. Or she will give you her body but her heart is not in it. Have you finished? Please look at me, I'm preaching. And I'm saying, I'm telling you the truth. Love is deeper than sex. Sex is just a fraction in the love equation. And you can have sex with someone that you don't love. <laughs> True. Oh yes, especially men. Men have sex with women they don't love. Because to a man, to a man sex is just an act. But to a woman, sex is everything. Because it takes a lot for a woman to have sex. It takes a second for a man to have sex. Mm. Wow. People are sweating. So love is of God. And you can love someone without taking them to bed and sleeping with them. You can have love which is very pure. And you can love the opposite sex genuinely with the love of God. Hmm. Let's go back to our scripture. Can we go deeper? Or you are hungry, you want to go for lunch. I'm about to finish. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. God is a God of love. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Verse 3. But fornication. Fornication. Someone say fornication. Sleeping with somebody who is not your wife or is not your husband. That is fornication. Hallelujah. And we have a lot of fornication in the church. And we bind it in the name of Jesus. Bible studies that end up in fornication. Prayer meetings that end up in fornication. Encouraging a sister that is heartbroken, that ends up in fornication. The devil is a liar. We bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. And we cast it out of the church in Jesus' name. Can I hear louder amen in this house? Yeah. Choir members. Firing each other. And still singing. Fornication in departments. High-level fornication. And people are serving God. That has to change in 2024. Amen. Let there be purity in the church. Pure, pure love in the church. Shout aloud, amen. Tell your neighbor, wacha kunikatia. Why are you afraid of your neighbor? Tell your neighbor, wacha kunikatia. This side, why are you not talking to your neighbor? Kwani mpango gani? Shake your neighbor and tell your neighbor what you Look, it has nothing to do with gender. Even a girl can katia another girl. And a boy can katia another boy. So shake your neighbor and tell your neighbor what you
Fornication. Fornication. One time I preached a message here. The title of the message was sexual immorality. Another pastor called me from America and he told me, man, ukona guts. But it's in the Bible. Me, I preach everything that is in the Bible. Fornication. Hmm? Fornication. And all uncleanliness. You see, the Bible has taken all these bad things that people do. Sodomy. Homosexuality. Yesterday I had another very prominent man in this country saying that we should protect LGBTQ in this country. I almost slapped him. What are you bringing in this country? What are you promoting in this country? Look, as long as I'm a preacher in this country, I will never support LGBTQ. It is wrong. It is against nature. And it is an abomination before God. It is one of the things that made God destroy Sodom. And we don't want our country to be destroyed. Praise the Lord. And do you know uncleanness is in the church now? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, they want even to force us to recognize same-sex marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I had a very prominent person in the religious circle saying that now they want to bless same-sex marriages. Oh, you didn't hear? How do I bless a man and a man? So, who, who is the wife? Who is going to submit? I hey. Uncleanness, covetousness. Let it be not even be named. Are we reading the scripture together? It should not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Hallelujah. So if you have these problems, come, we help you. And I've always told you, I find it easier to help somebody who is struggling with fornication than to help somebody who is struggling with same-sex attraction. Yeah, because even as you are counseling them and they are looking at you, you don't know what is going through their minds. <laughs> when, they, when, they, when, they, when they lick their lips, you're like, oh Lord, am I, am I safe here? You, you want the door to be opened. All uncleanness, all covetousness, it should not be named. Then verse 4. Tell your neighbor we are finishing. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather... But rather, talk to me somebody, but rather, giving of thanks. So, living a holy life, a righteous life, a life that is acceptable before God, is a sacrifice of thanksgiving that rises to the throne of God. Amen. How can I give thanks? By my lifestyle of holiness that is acceptable and righteous before God. I pray that this will be a church full of righteousness and holiness. Our young people will be pure 
our marriages, our beds will be undefiled. Every marriage bed will be undefiled. And we shall walk in holiness and righteousness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.